0: Hey everybody, this is Greg Refner on the Abstract Podcast and today we have with us Florin Tetulia, Manager of Sales Development at Lupio. Florin, please say hi.
1: Hey everyone, Greg, really nice to to be here. I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, I don't often have the opportunity to talk with uh, individuals who've kind of taken your career path so i'm really uh, interested to dive into some of those things with you and maybe learn a bit about more kind of why you've chosen to make some of the career decisions you have and the value you've recognized in that but first things first um one of the most painful parts of selling anything is rfps and security docs um, why did i not know about lupio for the past like six years of my life and why isn't everybody using your guys' product
1: that is a, is a very good question. So just so that everyone understands, Lupio essentially helps sales teams respond to RFPs, RFIs, and different types of security questionnaires that are coming in throughout the sales cycle. Um, it's a known fact pretty much that every salesperson does not enjoy doing these types of things. So we automate that process for for salespeople sales and give them back a, a ton of time in their day. That's uh, awesome. Wise, why is everyone not using us? Uh, I think that's literally what my job is, making sure that every company uh, knows about us. Um, it's been a pretty interesting ride. So uh, I started off as a first salesperson at Lupio. We barely had any customers and now we're over a uh, thousand customers. So uh, my job is literally to, to continue building that um, and making sure that we prospected to great accounts and uh, for anybody that needs
0: us. That's awesome. So um, I want to dive in a little bit about that because it's, it's very rare that, um, especially in the world of tech today, I mean, you're the first salesperson, right? You've kind of experienced the various stages of growth. You've seen what that's like. Um, six years, that's a lifetime in tech. Like, what is it even like to be at a company that long? Yeah, it's,
1: it's very, very interesting. It's not something that I, uh, you know, you ever really planned for. Uh, when you talk to a lot of people, like what I was told, like even in high school, is like the way that things are going in this day and age, it's like people are going to have 13, 15 jobs by the time they finish their career. Uh, and yeah. obviously, I still have a ton of time left in my career, but I, I wasn't expecting to be in sales at a tech company for this long. Um, yeah. it's, it's been extremely interesting. Like we went from being, uh, I think we were seven people when we started, where you know you're truly the definition of a startup there. Um, there's no like boundaries. Everyone's just kind of figuring different things out. Uh, I didn't have like a, a mentor or someone that was a, a sales leader specifically at Lupia. So it was literally me trying to figure out how to do things. Um, and now we're going to, you know, um, multi, um, you know, nine figure business. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's very different now. It's like, we're 200 people, we have uh, you know, more processes in place, uh, different departments that you have to collaborate with. But, uh, I think that's one of the things that's kept me here for so long because I'm trying to figure out like, you know, for my career, I do ultimately want to be a VP of sales and and lead a whole sales team. Um, what stage of a company do I want to be at? So I'm, I'm kind of going through the different phases and seeing like what really resonates with me, what I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jason Lemkin, but he has like this uh, it's a blog post he put out, it's like the 48 different types of the VPs of sales, and um, he kind of talks about how there's a different sales leader persona, if you will, that's like good for each stage of growth of a company, right? Like, you get to eventually what he calls like Mr. Dashboards, which is like you know, hundred million, all you do is look at dashboards and you're constantly pulling like little levers, but then you have like the first true VP of sales at like a startup that needs to kind of figure it out, be that player coach. And so I think it's smart, right? Before you go off and kind of take that risk, kind of experience the full spectrum and, and get to decide what you like about each stage of that growth. Do you ever find yourself kind of saying anything like, God, remember back in the day when we used to do this or, uh, do you have any kind of those moments where you're like, God, this used to be so much easier when there wasn't five layers of approval. Like, do you ever have yeah. those kind of those moments?
1: <laughs> 100% and I think that's one thing that I'm, I need to start getting used to, especially now, like we have like, you know, big time investors and, uh, there's a lot of different processes in place. Like we, we have to get, cert, uh, you know, SOC certified and, yeah. um, make sure that our security protocols are up to standards. So uh, going from a a very small startup to something like this, where there are layers of approval and things do end up naturally taking more time. uh, It's definitely something to get used to and it all makes sense, but you have to make sure that you don't, you as a company, you don't get drowned in that type of process, just because you're becoming more mature. There's still things that people need to challenge on a daily basis and be like, Hey, why don't we have this startup mentality in this certain aspect of,
0: of our, our lives? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's get into uh, the real reason why I want to chat with you today. So um, one of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou um, and she said, I've learned that people forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And um, moving into a sales leadership role, um, there's a certain sense of unselfishness that you have to embody and take on. And, um, I think that's really what I want to dive into a little bit today is kind of what that career progression that you've had um, and how it's maybe um, helped you be a little bit more empathetic, how it's made you a better leader and be able to build rapport with the people that kind of you're tasked with serving every day. So I'm going to ask you some some tough questions around that, and I'm really curious to kind of get your perspective and, and thoughts on that. Sound good? Yeah, 100%. I'm excited about this. Well, um, so when you move into that leadership role, you're you're sacrificing a lot. And I think that oftentimes, as much as I would hope manager and leader are synonymous with one another, they're often not. Um, But when you move into a leadership role, you almost have to start putting kind of your success behind the success of others and helping them find their own success. Um, Can you share with me what your drivers are and like why moving into a leadership role and and kind of taking on that responsibility has meant so much to you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the selfish reason is obviously going to be for like your your career. Um, Ultimately, I do want to, you know, lead a sales team and be successful. But I think the the, the true underlying reason behind that is that I I truly do enjoy serving. And I've kind of realized that in the last year and a half of of jumping into management. Otherwise, I probably would have switched back uh, into being an individual contributor. Um, and I've done a self-assessment and being like hey like my happiest moments or my happiness really does stem from helping others and I I think that's it's somewhat deeply rooted in uh, I think my culture so I'm Romanian by background Um, and just like as a the way that uh, I guess a a little story about like my family and grandma but um, in our culture essentially like uh, you're always there to like, uh, serve other people. So even for example, like if, if guests used to come to our house and, and stay over, like my grandma would be the person that's like, Hey, you, you have to give up your room and your bed for the guests. You're going to sleep on the couch. So it's like that kind of mentality that we've had growing up where mm-hmm. we, we, we try to like lift others up with us and that help other people before we help ourselves. So I, I like think that. that's where, that's where it stems for me ultimately. Mm-hmm. And, um, the funny part though is I wasn't always like that so I was actually a very competitive tennis player up here in Canada which is an individual sport um so growing up I always thought that I you know I was going to be that like kind of like lone wolf uh, individual contributor best the best but um I kind of realized over time that that's not where true happiness lies for for me and um there's nothing truly in the world that makes me happier than seeing like someone on my team book a demo, someone on my team get promoted. And it's just so much more fulfilling for me, at least than even closing like a deal as an AE, uh, no matter what that, the size of that was.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Uh, it's so, it is pretty cool, right? When you you're able to maybe get that SDR business development rep to the point where like, they finally get a prospecting strategy or they finally find success with something you've been practicing over and over and over again. And it, it, it it's that building block for that success that they're just going to continue to have. And ultimately, like, there's been, there hasn't really been a lot of people in my career who I can specifically, like, remember time and places where they, like, they made me feel a certain way. But those people that were able to, like, invest in me and and help me get that catalyst to take that next leap in my career. Um, I will be indebted to them forever. Right. And um, if you ask them, they had that same kind of mentality that you have. So I love that. That's awesome. I think, uh, more leaders should take that approach and have that perspective. Um, so SDR to AE to senior AE to sales development manager. Um, Once people typically get into that AE role and you're finding success at a fast-growing company, they typically want to stay, kind of ride that train. Um, And if they're in an AE role and they want to get into leadership, they're often wanting to lead a team of AEs. Um, Why go back to SDRs? And I, I don't say go back like it's a bad thing, but I just not something I've, I've seen before so i'm really curious why you decided to go back and, and lead a team of sdrs
1: yeah it's a good question and i think it's kind of funny because a lot of people have asked me it's like oh like did you go to back to the sales development world because you weren't great as an AE, or like you know what what was it you're a senior accounting executive like doing well obviously the typical path is try to go like the AE management route yeah um and yeah that, that is the, the typical path um but so one, I truly like loved the sales development world. And even if you go back to like my stuff, my posts and, and content on LinkedIn, I was posting a lot, or I started uh, actually posting um, more frequently, specifically on the sales development world and like different tactics and, and things. So I just, I love the sales development world. And I think the skill of being able to, to convince a, a, a cold person essentially Uh, just a prospect that doesn't know you uh, or your company to book some time and give you time in their day is a skill that's just so important uh, in so many different aspects of life, uh, regardless of of what you're doing. Right. The Um, whole concept of like everyone being in in sales and being able to do that. Yeah. Uh, The second thing was, uh, I just, I, I saw an opportunity. So there was essentially a role that opened up. Someone on the sales development uh, management team ended up leaving Lupio. And I didn't intend to go into sales development manager. I didn't like path my, uh, you know, my career path wasn't that necessarily Uh in my mind. Uh, But I saw an opportunity and I took it and I said, you know what, like I'm a successful AE right now. Uh, There's this opportunity here at Lupio to get into management. I already love the sales development world. Uh, I'm very comfortable uh, because I was a top SDR at Luvio. I was a really, really good at at, uh, here as well. So I kind of knew the full sales cycle. So I was like, you know what? I think I could add a ton of value here, test out management and worst case, if I don't like it, I can always go back to being a successful AE. I think it's, it's, it's more rare to find management positions. um, Especially if you've never been a manager before than it is to find new AE positions. So for me, it was like, there's a win-win situation.
0: Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, so going back to SDR skills. So my wife always tells me that uh, the reason that I was successful on my first date is because I had success as an SDR and I knew what it was like to be in uncomfortable situations and have to ask questions, um, which apparently I did really well with her. So I I credit my SDR training and uh, probably my SDR leader at the time to why I'm married today. Um, so I do believe those skills are transferable, um, across every aspect of your life. And, um, you, you bring up a really good point, right? Like anybody could be the hard part in, in driving sales is getting that initial meeting. And so kind of willingness to take that on and own that responsibility and bring people into that world, um, is definitely something that should be, uh, rewarded um, because it's 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 the hardest part of the job for sure if you can master that and you want to lead a team of people that can master that pretty much makes you badass and you can pretty much go do whatever you want you know the rest of your career and given your career aspirations i think uh you probably made the right decision man i think it was a good choice for sure
1: yeah and, and especially for anyone listening that uh potentially wants to be a founder or like start a company like the hardest part about that is it's not necessarily just like building a product, but it's building a product that the market wants and being able to talk to people and get feedback on that. Right. So with my skills now, I'm very confident that if I ever wanted to start a business, I know I can book hundreds of meetings for myself. I don't need to okay. rely on anybody else to do that. Um, and maybe that is going to happen one day. So just this like love having this skill, I, I think is just so fundamental uh, in literally
0: every aspect of life. That's awesome. So Do you ever think you're going to want to scratch the itch of starting your own software company? Uh, It's definitely a possibility.
1: So uh, to kind of go back to like starting at Lupio, so out of business school, uh, I was initially in like finance um, and and banking, and I thought I wanted to do that just because it was like the typical thing to do, but I I hated it. So (laughs) after that, we actually did end up uh, trying to start a a company with a few friends of mine from university. Uh-huh. And we, we ended up actually failing quite miserably at that. Uh, and that was a, a really good lesson. I, I mean, we were like, what, 22 out of school trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. So after that failed, I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, let's like reassess the situation. And I said, you know what, maybe if I do want to start a company one day, the best way to do it is to actually go and see how it's, it, it's done um and I think now like looking back it was probably one of the better decisions that I've made in my life just because of you know where Lupio and what where I've kind of ended up in my career so I don't have a specific like idea or anything right now but being in the game all the time and talking to so many different companies that we sell to that are also in the tech space it just becomes a lot easier to access different people different ideas different capital right
0: I feel like we uh, we might be related on some level, uh, because <laughs> I uh, out of out of college, I started a, a company, an exercise bench product, and it failed miserably. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but got an MBA in what not to do in starting a business. And I made the decision like, hey, I want to get into tech sales to figure out how this works. And now being at a few companies, you kind of pick up on what the right companies are doing and you kind of get a, a front row seat to how to build a business. And um, that's ultimately kind of started to lay the foundation for starting abstract was failure. And then watching, you know, seven years of what tech companies do to build businesses. So I would, uh, I think about a year or two from now, you might be uh, primed and ready to go to uh, start your own venture. Um, Cause you'll have a uh, kind of enough experience under your belt. So.
1: Yeah, I, I'm and I'm excited about that potentially. And I, I this like one thing kind of sticks in my mind. It's essentially like a like the quote of, you know, luck is ultimately like preparation meeting opportunity. Yep. And I think in some sense I did that with the management role. It's like I was prepared obviously for it. And then I ended up seeing an opportunity. And yeah, I, I guess so, like you can attribute that to, to some luck, but it's like you need to start spotting like where where are these opportunities going to be and, and pouncing on them. So there very well might be a time where Uh, I want to start a company with a colleague or someone in the industry now that uh, I'm trying to get my name more out there. And I'm just ready to jump
0: on those opportunities if they come. Love that. All right. So moving along, um, have you found that your team maybe finds you a little bit more relatable and maybe buys into what you're coaching because you've quote unquote, like been there, done that you've, you've kind of carried the bag. I think so.
1: I think uh, especially if you've done it at the company where you're at, I think that's one thing that I'm, I'm kind of starting to, to realize. And I also think it's extremely valuable that I was an accounting executive and I, I did the, you know, been there done that both on the sales development side and on the accounting executive side, because now I can go to the SDR team and being like, Hey, like I understand the mindset of an AE. This is why these types of opportunities are good. This is why they're not. And you just have that more in depth, knowledge of the sales cycle yeah what what specific people to go after what they're looking for specifically in the product um that a lot of uh, people that have never been an account executive in the sdr leadership world might not have now i'm not saying that it's you should 100% do the career path that i said i just feel like it's it's given me and the team an advantage
0: yeah and so on that note it, it almost is like such a no brainer to start to promote within as companies grow right when you're looking for that next level of, level of leadership at an SDR level at an ae level like look to the team right that's been there done that not only because like you don't have to train them on the philosophy the belief of the company but they're so it becomes such more relatable um to the rest of the team um and it almost helps the team buy in to whatever that person is doing it's There's just so many valuable parts to having somebody lead a team who's seen both sides of the sale, who's experienced the struggles unique to that product, unique to that company, unique to that vertical. Um, And it it just becomes something that uh, I think if I'm a new SDR coming into a company and my boss is somebody who was an SDR, who did find success in sales, like I'm all over that. Like, what did you do? Tell me how you can be, how I can be successful. And I mean, I'm following that career path all day long. So yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. So no, go on. I was also going to say, don't
1: underestimate like the, the amount of like skill and uh, rapport that you can build within a company by staying there multiple years. I know like there's a lot of people that are kind of like jumping every one, two years but it's like, first of all, it, in my experience, it takes you at least a year to even fully grasp a role, whether it's an SDR or an AE. Like I, in my first year of being an SDR, I was only an SDR, technically for a year and a half. And I think I only actually started fully like getting it a year in. And the, within the accounting executive role, probably even more a year and a half until I actually got like my rhythm going and I fully understood what was happening. Now imagine like most people are leaving companies after a year, a year and a half. And it's like, you're going back and doing that all over again. There's value uh-huh. in being there for years at a time to see how, how things are changing systematically to understand your, your prospects and customers and truly become very good. The the AEs that are the top A's uh, and the top SDRs have been at Lupio for a significant amount of time. They're the ones that are making
0: the real money and, uh, are having the real success. Amazing, right? Like kind of delayed gratification, right? Like <laughs> just because you're not finding success for the first six months, like that's supposed to be the struggle time. Like it's okay to fail for a while and companies need to be okay with that, right? And not just kick people to the curb because six months in, you know, they're not at hundred percent of quota. Like I, I think a year is a perfect timeline to, to, to expect someone to fully grasp the product, the vertical, the buyer—like there's so many things that that go into making up success in every aspect of sales. I think you're spot on there, 100. That's amazing advice. So wrapping this up, um, what would be your biggest piece of advice for any SD any SDR out there who's trying to, you know, they've kind of hit that quota for maybe a year. They're they're kicking ass, and they're thinking like, you know, do I want to go AE? Do I want to go leadership? Do I want to go enablement? Like, you know, what would be your biggest piece of advice for maybe helping them decide on that, that career path?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, my, my first piece of advice is quite general in, in the sense of like just career path thing overall. And it is like, no matter how great your, you know, your manager or your company is at like, um, you know, recognizing you and, and promoting and helping you grow, always remember that the responsibility and the burden of that is on you. No, like nobody is ever going to give you anything. You have to ask for it. If you're seeing that you want to become an accounting executive and you know, you're know you one year into the SDR world, even if you have career pathing and like set things that you need to do, you need to put it out in the universe. Like let your manager know, let the hiring manager on the E-team know so that they at least are, you're now on their radar essentially. And that's what I've done. I've been promoted four or five times here at Lupio. Um, I was never just given a promotion. Like I've always made sure that Once I got my results, I started having conversations and being like, Hey, this is what I want. What do I need to do to get there? And then having very clear defined steps in the plan with my managers uh, to actually get there. Love that. Um,
0: Ask for what you want in your life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now in terms of like career path, so it depends what you want to do. I personally want to become a VP of sales. I I want to run a full sales team. Um, So I know that it's important for me to understand the full sales cycle. I, I suggest being an SDR, understanding that world, being an account executive, getting some kind of uh, a test in leadership. Now, the sequence of how that happens is, uh, I don't think that truly matters. Like there's people that have been SDRs and then went up to be an SDR manager, then moved over to AE. But I think it's important to grasp all of those different aspects if being a sales leader and a potential VP of sales is what you want to do.
0: Great advice, man. Some good nuggets, bright and early in the morning. (laughs) Really good stuff. Um, Well, I'm gonna wrap this up with a couple key takeaways that I've really kind of, I think there's some good things here. So first off, um, I think really, I wanna tie this back to like the hiring process when companies are looking for people, like unselfishness and putting others before yourself. Like that was kind of core to your DNA. That's how you were raised. That's hard to identify on a resume, right? And so when you're looking at like the future leaders of your company, um, you know, that, how do you identify that? Like, that's something that I think I'm going to take away and try to be more conscious of is maybe helping, trying to help myself figure out those unselfish characteristics of people, because ultimately that's what you're trying to build as a group of people who all are kind of in it together and want to help others win. So, um, that I don't know if that was an intentional thing for for you to for me to take away from your kind of story of how you were raised, but I definitely took that away. Um, rapport, skill, understanding of the business like it takes a while. Be patient with yourself, right? Be patient with the company that you're at. Um, you know, I can totally get the the idea that like I'm a year into my role, I haven't hit my OTE. Like, granted, like it takes time, like be patient with the process and delay that gratification because um, as you're a perfect example of, crush it as an SDR, crush it in AE, crush it as an an SDR manager, but you've also been there six years. Like, you know the business, you know the vertical, you know the product, like the back of your hand, you probably can rattle things off like nothing, right? And so that's where you start to see success. And then finally, if you are starting as an SDR and you're getting into this tech world, like make it be known what you want. Make your manager, you know, understand what that career progression that you want looks like. Make sure you're writing stuff out like clear deliverable goals that if they're met, you'll have an opportunity to interview for that next open position, whatever that might be. So I think that's something that, um, you know, goes back to confidence and swagger. And uh, when you get into a job, just kind of, as I, I heard a quote once, like an empty mouth never gets fed or a closed mouth never gets fed like open your mouth, ask for what you want and make it be known uh, because no one else is going to give it to you. So those are my big takeaways, man. Uh, did I miss anything you were hoping uh, everybody was going to take away from today? I, I think
1: you summed it up really, really well.
0: Cool, man. Well, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, learn more about you, maybe ask more about your your journey. Um, you know, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Florin?
1: Definitely LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm I'm posting multiple times a week. So Uh, if you're curious about my content, feel free to uh, connect with me and, uh, always happy to, to help fellow salespeople out.
0: Love it, man. There's that unselfish nature. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us today. This was awesome and, uh, keep kicking ass. And, uh, I think I'll be buying Lupio soon. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. (laughs) Thanks. It was really great. Take care. Have a great day.
1: Bye.